Hey, how are you doing? Welcome back to another episode of my show. I'm Father Roderick, and uh, we are well underway in this time of Lent. We are heading towards Easter. It's still going to take a few weeks, but uh, we're getting there. We're almost at the halfway point. This episode is brought to you thanks to my patrons over at patreon.com slash Father Roderick. You know the drill. Just go check it out. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. What I like about Catholic liturgy is that very often it combines things that in the normal world seem to be exclusive of one another. Um, in, in this case, both sadness and joy, hope and desperation, war and peace, light and dark. Uh, we are currently in the middle of Lent, which is a time of uh, realizing that we are mortals, that uh, a lot in this life that we think we have and we own is ultimately going to be taken away from us. We are made out of dust. We will return to dust. But at the same time, we are eternals, <laughs> not superheroes from a Marvel franchise, but we are literally eternals because our soul is eternal. So there's always hope that even though we have to say goodbye to a lot of things, and that is always difficult, always hurts, there is also the promise of new life and eternal life. This time of Lent confronts us with... Uh, this dichotomy between the the things that pass and the things that remain. The pain of letting go and the joy of hope. We are heading to uh, towards Leitare Sunday. Uh, that's this upcoming Sunday, which is kind of the halfway point of Lent, you could say. And that's also a Sunday that is really focusing on the joy of the promise of Easter, uh, the promise that life is stronger than death and that is such a such a, a relevant message in the world that we live in of course i'm not telling you anything new but this hope is so difficult to uphold and at the same time so essential to have if you lose hope you lose everything um remember rogue one the end of rogue one where princess leia is uh, asked what is the most important thing, something like that. And she just says one word, hope. That is the title of the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. It's hope in the middle of, uh, of war. Hope when all hope seems lost because the evildoers, the powerful, seem to have everything, seem to win. And yet the rebellion continues to nurture hope because if we lose hope, we lose everything else. Civilizations are built on hope. The future is built on hope. And that is why the liturgy in the Catholic Church always refocuses on hope. Also wants us to be realistic and wants us to take seriously the suffering in the world, the hardship, the sacrifice. And there is nothing in Catholic faith that is easy <laughs> or cheap but it is within the times of distress and hopelessness that there is something else. A light starts to shine, and it's not even 
our own light. It comes from elsewhere. It is God himself who wants to be with us, who wants to be that rock of our life, even if everything seems to crumble. He wants to be that guiding light in the middle of the night that guided the wise men from the east, even though the rest of the sky was dark. And it's faith is always about that. It's always about both this life that we currently live in. It's not negating it. It's not denying it or relativizing its importance. But it's always in the middle of this life we're already uh, shown the promise of what's to come. And that should give us strength to stay strong, even in, in difficult times. It's something that we constantly pray for. We pray for one another. We pray for the situations in the world where people are losing that hope or seems to have, seem to have been robbed of their future. But from a faith perspective, there is always the promise of a new tomorrow. There's always hope. Maybe not immediately, maybe not an easy solution, but there's always hope in the long run as long as people keep believing that. So faith, hope, and future are very much interrelated and Leitare Sunday wants to emphasize that. It's in the middle, literally in the middle of Lent. It's like, don't lose hope, even though there is still a lot of suffering ahead, but it will ultimately end in the victory of the resurrection. And I hope that we that becomes like our way of life, that no matter how difficult life is, no matter what life throws at you, you will never lose the ability to hope. Even if maybe you lose faith, maybe if you cannot prove it anymore or you don't know how to make it happen, hope is maybe even more important than faith. Because you can lose faith, but if you lose hope, then you've lost everything. So I'm praying for all of us in this world that we keep the hope alive and that hope will feed our joy, even though there may not be anything in this world that uh, warrants this joy. That's always been the secret of uh, Catholic martyrs, that they were on the verge of getting murdered for their faith and their relationship with uh, with Jesus. And yet some, some of them were just totally serene, even laughing uh, and smiling in the fa- and at peace in the face of all that menace and all that, um, all that violence because they knew what feeds me is maybe not, not something in this life, but it's definitely the promise of what follows and what will eventually be eternal, whereas all the other things, suffering, sin, violence greeds, uh, all of that. It will no longer have a future in God's world. So that's what we're hoping to one day experience altogether. Um, Speaking of which, Leitare Sunday will be also celebrated online, of course, uh, during Mass. Online is something that uh, I continue to do, even though in many countries the coronavirus seems to be much less dangerous than it used to be. And so it may not be a reason enough for people to stay home anymore. A lot of people, fortunately, can rejoin their their real-life communities. Um, but there are also many other reasons for which people are unable to join their local community. Um, in some places, 
there isn't even a mass available to people. So um, I'm, I'm not saying that what we do online is equivalent to mass in real life. And of course, I love to be just physically together with all of you, but it is definitely helping uh, people that are in a situation where they can't go to church. And the reactions have been um, constantly just very positive. Very People are very grateful. It's not a very big uh, event. And, you know, we reach a couple of hundred people. But for those people, it is important enough to um, carve out some space in there. And, and some people will even watch the Mass and participate in the Mass, even though they also went to their local community. So that's that's an honor that people uh apparently really enjoy the company of friends in that community so much that they uh, they want to be there uh even though they are also able to go to their local churches so yeah we'll just continue to do that and hopefully some of that joy is what we share in our community and for in order to stay hopeful you sometimes just need one another you need friends you need uh a fellowship and hopefully that's what we can offer with uh, with this initiative. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. So in these days that lead up to Letara Sunday, to the Sunday of Joy, I wanted to review a particularly joyful, colorful movie that I finally was able to watch on Disney+. And it is the movie Encanto. And many of you has, have, have asked me to review it and to watch it, and I just didn't have the time until now to sit down and, and watch it. It also... Maybe the fact that it was on Disney Plus made it less uh, urgent for me to go watch it because, you know, I can watch it whenever whenever I want. It's not going to leave the movie theater. Actually, it is still <laughs> running in a number of theaters in my country. That's how popular it, it has been. It's been a massive success for Disney. And um, after Frozen, many people thought that was a one-day fly. You know, that w- that's just such a, a, a coincidence of... of uh, factors um we'll never have a movie that is as popular and which songs become this kind of like uh, favorite favorite songs of, of children as 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 frozen was able to do but i think with encanto they did exactly that this movie has been so popular with families with kids the music has been so um enchanting in a way <laughs> has really become uh, uh a favorite soundtrack of, of many, many people. So I had very high expectations of this movie, let's put it that way. And, well, maybe it was because of these super high expectations that the actual movie mm, was not as spectacular as I thought it would be. But I keep reminding myself that's also what I thought about Frozen when I heard about all the hype and I finally got to see the movie and I was like, yeah, it's okay, it's yeah, it's fun. But it wasn't this, this like, oh my gosh, the best Disney movie ever. Um, and I had kind of the same feeling with Encanto. Um, I, I appreciated the movie. I liked it. Um, I, I loved the just the colors of that movie. It's unbelievably beautiful. Uh, and you can see that with every movie, Disney is getting better and better. Or is this Pixar? I'm 
maybe it's Pixar. I don't know. But anyway, Pixar, Disney, same company. Um, but the especially the animations of the house, there's this living house that is communicating just by moving and by, by uh, flipping tiles and stuff. It's so original. It's so creative and just m- incredibly well animated and designed. Uh, it was a joy to uh, to look at the entire movie. It has some beautiful, gorgeous moments. This is one of those movies that I actually regret not having seen in 3D. Because I think, especially like the door ceremony, which is kind of like First Communion, but then in a Pixar Disney movie, <laughs> is... Uh, it's just so beautiful and and lends itself so well to to 3D that I hope that one day this will become available as a 3D movie, maybe in in virtual reality or something like that. But I feel like I missed out on on an experience by not seeing it in in 3D, um, and that's not always the case. There's a lot of 3D stuff out there where I'm like, mm, may just as well I've seen this on, in 2D. It doesn't really enhance the story, but with Encanto, yeah, I think 3D is the way to go. Um, the story itself is, um, uh, how would, how would I put it? I felt it was a bit static, strangely enough. It, it all, maybe it's because the location itself doesn't change that much. There's not a journey like in, um, uh, in Up or some other stories where you really, travel and you get to explore new places this is all taking place around the house in the same village and with the same characters and uh that felt a little bit i don't know small um the i think one of the reasons that the movie uh is so popular and so many people can relate to the movie is that there's always one of the characters of the family that you can relate to uh, they all have different character types and um, and maybe you're just a girl with the glasses, you know, without any magical powers. Uh, so maybe maybe that is that was also kind of why the movie did not entirely work for me because there was no one in the story that I felt akin to, that I could relate to. I mean, I liked all the personalities, but their their plight was often... I don't know, a bit foreign to me. Um, but I can understand that this may be a very different experience for, for other people. Um, the the music, let's talk about the music. Everybody loved that music. It's, um, again, mostly written by, what's his name, Miranda, uh, the guy who, who wrote uh, Hamilton and did the music for the new Mary Poppins. And... Um, it's not entirely just my type of music. Uh, I, I know it's very much influenced also by Colombian uh, uh, music and tradition. And although I, I enjoyed it, it's nice to listen to, there was not a single song that really grabbed me. Not even the We Don't Talk About Bruno, which is so popular and it's like, wow, one of the biggest hits that Disney has ever produced after Let It Go. Um, and I was like, yeah, still don't really care for that song. Um, and, but that was exactly my experience with Frozen. That music was like, oh, it's the best music ever. And I was like, I still don't, I don't feel, it's just not my music. Of course, I, I kind of know the songs by now. Um, but the, the songs that I, that I really liked the most in Frozen were not Let It Go, were not the pop songs. 
uh, it was more that that one song of uh, the 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 sister of uh, what's her name of um, the the frozen girl, uh, and when she's falling in love with the wrong guy, and then they have this song where they finish each other each other sandwiches. <laughs> I love that song, but it's it's almost like more classical uh, Disney, in, 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 and the melody is much more conventional. Maybe it's just because I'm an old guy. <laughs> so I let's we don't talk about Bruno. That that's actually the song that I dislike. Well, disliked is strong, but that I liked the least. I the most of the other songs were fine, and that was actually a song that I didn't care for. But again, it's personal. It's very personal. So I hope I don't disappoint you too much or shock you too much with this assessment of the movie. Um, what also didn't help is that I was very tired when I was watching it, and I at one point fell asleep because I watched it in the evening, and I had worked all day long, and well, I wake up early. So I was at one point... I. I, I Noticed that I was struggling to keep my eyes open, and then ultimately I I ended up falling asleep. And then I woke up and was like, "What? Where am I? Oh my gosh! I totally missed like fifteen minutes of this movie." So I had to go back and then rewind it and rewatch it. That also absolutely has to be factored in. Um, I've had that with other movies as well. I remember the first Matrix movie? I saw that being severely jet lagged coming from the Netherlands and seeing it in Los Angeles, and um, I. I fell asleep during part of the movie. And so my first, my initial um, review of the movie was very negative. It was like, I don't understand this movie. What's going on? This is ridiculous. All that Kung Fu stuff and karate. This is ugh, not my movie. And then ended up being one of my favorite movies. So I, I probably should rewatch Encanto. Um, but that's kind of what I felt. It was okay. It was enjoyable. But it didn't wow me as much as I thought it would. Um, but then again, maybe it's just because I'm old. <laughs> Catholics rock! I almost feel like I could skip this episode of The Peculiar Bunch because I already spoke about Litare Sunday and liturgy in the opening of this show. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? So maybe we'll just keep it short this week. <laughs> I want to talk about the third pillar of Lent, which is sharing, almsgiving. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. Two weeks ago, I talked about prayer, and last week we spoke about, um, or actually, no, we started with fasting, and then last week uh, I spoke about uh, prayer and how um, mindfulness has, has helped me to be more open to prayer. Um, this week I want to talk about the third pillar of uh, the time of Lent, which is almsgiving, giving money to the poor, helping people in need, sharing. That's maybe the best word for it. This is a, a fundamental part of uh, almost any Christian tradition where uh, also following in the footsteps of Jesus, you share with the people that are hungry. P there, there is a huge emphasis in the Gospels on the miracles that Jesus does to help to feed people. Um, like a good shepherd feeds his flock, Jesus also feed, gives food and drink to the people that he meets if whether it is the wine 
that he miraculously um, produces from from water uh, to the multiplication of the bread uh, several times when he is facing huge crowds that have nothing to eat. There are actually uh, several accounts of um, um, a miraculous multiplication of bread. So goes to show that that is very important. And, of course, wine and bread is deliberately mentioned in these Gospels to also point to the ultimate gift that Jesus gives during the Last Supper that we commemorate on Holy Thursday. Uh, that's still to come in uh, in Holy Week at the end of Lent. Um, the sacrifice of his own body and blood. So when he says, this bread is my body, this wine is my blood, um, the previous miracles that he did are already pointing to that ultimate gift that is like a source of of, of spiritual nourishment that will not end, that is basically um, nourishing us for the rest of eternity. So it's all about giving. Uh, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood given up for you. So uh, giving is not just... Um, kind of one of the things that we do. No, it's the core of what faith is about. It is becoming like God, and God is a giver. And so the more we give, the more we become like God, the more we reflect uh, his image in our actions. And so giving is not, well, optional. It is always a free choice, of course, but it is the best thing you can do. Maybe even more important than prayers, and more definitely more important than fasting. Giving is it touches upon the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, because that's what he did for his entire public life. So, um, there are many ways, of course, in which you can give during Lent. The most easy one is to just look at the charity that is offered to you by the bishops. Your, every local bishops' conference usually has a project that they pitch to the faithful or multiple projects that you can then help uh, realize through your donations to the church, either during Mass on Sundays or through a personal gift. Um, and, of course, in in our current times... Uh, there are so many other causes as well that need financial help. Think of the situation in Ukraine. Think of all the people that are on the on the run, on the move, those who suffer, even still people that are in, uh, going through very hard times um, uh, um, as a consequence of the of the COVID pandemic. Think of people that had to give up their their business, had to close their restaurant, had to seek other work, maybe are now unable to pay uh, their rent and their bills and are uh, in this infernal cycle of of uh, of debt. There's so many people far away and very nearby that, w- that you can truly help by sharing. And it can even be as simple as giving something to someone who is begging in the streets. Um... And if you don't know who you should support, ask your local community. They usually have a very good idea of what's needed in the area where you live. And so, you know, it may not be even a very specific project. It can also be, well, I know this person or this family and they're really having a hard time. 
Um, but we can make sure that your donation will help them. Um, seek help in helping. <laughs> and what can also be very motivating to help is to to pick a project that you can that you feel you can truly contribute to. Of course, um, when there is a war, you need immediate help. You need food, medication, blankets, whatnot. Just basic human needs. But then that is a one-time gift, and it's just to keep people alive, to to keep them, you know, to help them in a, in a very, hopefully, temporary situation, but where they are going through, in, through very, very specific, uh, urgent, um, urgent situations. Um, but what is, of course, even more motivating is if you have the feeling that you can actually build something that will continue to bear fruit, that continue, will continue to help people. That is why um, it's always very gratifying to finance projects in in uh, develop, developing countries, um, help people to, for instance, dig a well or build a school or a hospital, because you know that that is going to help generations of people. And so if you are involved in projects like that, it almost becomes just easy to give and you would like to give even more than you maybe are able to give because you believe that you are actually truly contributing to the future of the people um, for who this project is is um, being done so so maybe this is also a thing that we should be sharing a little bit more amongst each other we talk a lot in the discord server about you know a whole host of things that we do in our daily lives the food that we cook, the video games that we play. Maybe we talk even about prayer and, and you know, faith questions. But we don't talk that much about, about, about charity, about, thing, you know, projects that are worth helping. Um, but maybe that is, it's not something, of course, that you should ever boast about or look at how many people I'm helping. It's not about that. But sometimes you can give someone else an idea. You know what? I've heard about this or this person or this project, and we can truly make a difference there. Um, I think talking about charities and about how you can help other people can incentivize other people to do a little bit more in terms of giving, can give people ideas. You know, this is what I can do. It, it, it is a joy to help. But you can only feel that joy if you truly help. But sometimes people have a hard time coming up with ideas. You know, sometimes the problems in, the wor- in our world seem to be so global and so big and, and giving uh, runs through huge organizations and you don't really know what's happening to your money. And some people even for that reason are a bit hesitant to, to give, but this is how we can also help each one another to help. If we know specific projects that you can trust uh, that are truly making a difference, why not, not should suggest other people to, uh, to, to help as well, to, to join the project. Anyway, looking forward to hearing from you if there are any charities that uh, are very special to you or maybe that you are involved in yourself and you need help with. Just share it and maybe we can help as well. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? 
One of the people that I encountered by following TikTok videos is Dr. Julie Smith. And her TikTok videos are among the best that you can find on the platform. Dr. Julie Smith is a psychologist and she has a number of patients that she is helping. And she was talking with her husband, thinking uh, about ways in which she could share some of that knowledge that she shares with her patients how can we bring that to a bigger audience because something that she would always hear from her patients is why has nobody told me this before this is so helpful um why did i need therapy to hear this everybody should know this and that's how she came up with ways very creative ways oftentimes to make um very common psychological um tips and tricks, uh, simple concepts to make it available in bite-sized videos, sometimes 30 seconds long, 60 seconds long, especially in the beginning of TikTok videos could only be very short. So she became extremely creative in in conveying knowledge in a very palpable, easy-to-consume way and at the same time very insightful. I've learned so much just by watching her TikTok videos. But at one point, she also realized um, that some things, uh, some concepts, some knowledge is just not, um, you cannot just tell that in 60 second videos. You need more time. And that's why she wrote her first book called, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? And I started to listen to the audiobook um, narrated by, by the author, by Dr. Julie Smith herself. And it's very different from the TikTok videos. It's much less high energy because, of course, you know, if people are just scrolling through their timeline, you need to grab their attention. So it's well usually very creative, very high energy. This book is much more kind of meditative, takes also a bit more scientific in the sense that she really takes her time to explain. So it's more like a course in a certain way. But it's it talks about the same topics and really goes in depth. And um, and it's a joy to read. I'm learning so much. And having a familiar voice teach this is really helping. So um, there are so many takeaways in these chapters. Uh, one thing, I will just mention an example of something that I learned from reading this book, is um, we all have that tendency to run away from our emotions. We try to pacify our minds just by... By by pushing the, the hard stuff away, but not facing your fears, not confronting your emotions, maybe may give you a temporary relief, but it doesn't solve anything and you don't grow. The only way uh, forward is through these 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 difficulties and through these these um, frustrations and traumas um, however you cannot always do that by yourself that is for some that is why in some cases you do need therapy you, you do need someone else so it's not in that way a classic self-help book so if you just read this then you, you'll be able to completely change your life um, she's also a little bit um, criti- well critical and hesitant uh, towards well, at least some books that that pretend that well, if it's just a matter of changing your mindset or your uh, your inner narrative, and that will solve everything. She says, if only it were so simple, um, it can help definitely in in to make 
things more manageable in your life, but, but people can have wounds inflicted by others that are so deep that you really need professional help to overcome it. But it's already uh, you have already won a lot if you don't run away, if you don't try to numb your, your, your mind uh, through addictions, alcohol, drugs, uh, whatnot, or, or, or milder forms of escapism, you know, just playing compulsive video game playing. <laughs> I know I've had those moments in my life where video games for me were a way to not face the, the hardship of, uh, you know, just being a priest who, whose life is not always easy. But she's like, don't be afraid of your feelings. Um, they are important because they point the way to your um, to healing. But you have to recognize them. You have to be able to interpret them. And that's where the book is super helpful to show you um, how certain emotions can, can, can help you, uh, can enlighten you. Um, and so don't be afraid of what your mind is trying to tell you. Um, but, but make sure that you understand... Science Whoa. Wonderful world. Science. <laughs> the science behind psychology. Okay, that that startled me. That's the next topic. I, I accidentally just pushed a button. I was while I was talking. Sometimes I do this. I get distracted, and I was using my um, handkerchief. What's the American word for that? I always forget. Um, to to dust off my my roadcaster and this thing is so sensitive that i just accidentally pressed the green button which launched the next button for the science moment but anyway i, I was wrapping up this book review uh so and going from the science of psychology to you know more hardcore science or astronomy it's only a short jump it's all part of the scientific world but anyway to wrap wrap up the Book review. Uh, why has nobody told me this before? I can highly recommend it. It will. You always um, take something away because she's has been writing this book while communicating with tens of thousands of people that are following her TikTok videos, and and so she has a pretty good idea of what's going on in the world right now and what people are struggling with. And this book is a is a really nice. Uh, result of that interaction with her with her audience. Science. Oceans on Mars. Yeah, that's a little bit of a different uh, topic here. But we know that Mars in the past has had oceans. I wouldn't be surprised if Tatooine was partially inspired by the uh, geological history of, of Mars because we learn in the Book of Boba Fett that in the past, Tatooine has had seas and, and lots of water. Uh, it's just no, no longer there. It's now buried underground and you need um, moisture farmers in order to gather enough water for the peoples of Tatooine to survive and to grow crops and whatnot. So ancient Mars also had oceans and now scientists are using all the data that we have from Mars exploration to try to figure out where exactly those shorelines separated dry land from from the oceans on Mars. And that turns out to be a little bit more difficult than, than you would think. The evidence is overwhelming that there has been liquid water on the surface of Mars. Uh, the Curiosity and Perseverance rovers um, have been exploring craters that 
used to be lakes. There are so many uh, clear signs that there were river channels carved into the Martian rock. And uh, there is now also proof of water on Mars locked up in the ice at the poles and also beneath the surface at uh, mid-latitudes. And so it is possible that in the future when we will explore the planet of Mars, I'll just assume that one day we will land on Mars and we will start colonies on Mars maybe even, um, it would be possible to find that water and use it to survive. In the past, because of these 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 clear the, the signs that there has been uh, surface water on Mars, it means also that Mars had an atmosphere that was able to to uh, contain the water on the planet. Now, of course, that's no longer the case. Um, the atmosphere of Mars is not able to. Uh, uh, to 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 keep the water inside its atmosphere, um, and so it's it's very intriguing to know where these oceans were. Uh, and I found an interesting article on, or actually two articles on Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, so that's on SciFi.com. Um, I'll include a link in the show notes where you get a, like a summary of all the research that has been done to figure out where these shorelines were. And then ultimately, uh, we would be able to make uh, maybe a, a computer simulation of what Mars looked like uh, eons ago. Um, and it's not always where, looking at photos, you would expect water to be. Um, there are certain indications that maybe there has been a huge tsunami at one point. Uh, there may have been a huge ocean um, three billion years ago. That's how long these plants have been around. Uh, so it's not necessarily just the lower parts of the surface that have been harboring water. Uh, it, co- it could also be in, in underground lakes. And um, yeah, it's it, they are just trying to combine all that data of course the 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 stakes are high if we know where there has been water there may still be water in some of those areas just not on the surface it may be under that and there may also be signs if there have been oceans of life if there is life it was probably in that ocean water and so the more you know about where these shorelines were um the more likely it is that you will find proof if there has been life of that life if you know where to where to where to search so anyway love articles like that i also truly wish that we could find you know maybe pockets of water maybe life in those pockets of water but mars may not be the best candidates maybe some of those moons that circulate um, circle around um, Saturn and Jupiter um, that also have frozen lakes and oceans uh, maybe that's where we should look for signs of life uh, I don't know uh, just keep following all this news we are on the cutting edge of technology wow well what does that mean let's plug it in it's going to say hey I see you plugged in a new device and it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. 
but there is one more thing. Um, this is not really a techie topic, although it does belong in the maybe the smart home uh, sector <laughs> of, of life. Um, I'm listening to a ton of music every day, and um, but I'm also a cheapskate, so I don't have a subscription to any of those music services. I used to have a very cheap subscription of five bucks a, a month to Spotify. This was at the time where they still offered a five euro subscription, but now it's 10 bucks. And I don't know about you, but I find 10 bucks just for music, a lot of money, considering that I can now have, I don't know, HBO Max for just four bucks a month or Apple TV Plus for five bucks or or um, Prime Video for how much do I pay? Four bucks or three bucks? It's almost nothing. And that is video, you know, that's television. That feels so much more worth my money than just mere audio, mere music. And so I've always felt a bit uncomfortable um, paying 10 bucks for just music. Feels like something, music is everywhere. I can listen to the radio even if I want to, and there's just free music everywhere. So, yeah, I, I, I try to just... Keep it at free alternatives. Thankfully, Spotify does have a free option. I don't know for how long they will keep that, but you can still listen to music and playlists on your computer. It's a bit more limited on mobile devices. The downside of Spotify is that they always try to push you towards their paid subscription. And they do that by playing the most annoying audio advertisements. So for the first 20 minutes or so, Usually, you can just play music without interruption, and then they start to up the volume, and then there's this guy yelling at you that, hey, thank you for listening to Spotify. No, really, that's great that you're listening to Spotify. And it's just the dumbest ad ever. And it's every five songs you get that same ad. And so what they're counting on, of course, is that you become so annoyed by these these ongoing ads that you're like, oh, forget about it. I just don't want these ads anymore. And then, well, they hope that you will start to pay. Um, in my case, I was like, um, let's... Let's look elsewhere. I, I'm just fed up with this Spotify method. It, I feel so much like coercion. I, I mean, I still think that Spotify offers an amazing um, service, especially the playlist and discovery for music discovery. It's the best. But I just don't like those ads. And I feel like, oh my gosh, come on. Bring back the five euros a month option. And yeah, I'd pay for that. Even if the ads were a little bit more bearable, Sure, but 10 bucks, yeah, it's too much. So I uh, tried out uh, Google Mu- or YouTube Music, and that was fine. They also have ads, but it's the ads are nicer. I don't know. I like they sound more like conventional ads, and I have no problem with those. I'll just wait for the ads to go and then play my music. But um, YouTube or Google Music is very limited when it comes to playing specific songs. Um, and then I noticed that actually, since I have Amazon Prime, I also apparently have access to Amazon Free Music or Amazon Music Free, which actually is pretty good. You've got a couple of thousand songs, I think about 10,000 songs that you can play for free. 
And yes, they do have the occasional advertisement, but it's even less than than Google Music or YouTube Music because you're ultimately already paying a little bit through Prime, through Amazon Prime. So it's it's very um, understated. Sure, they want to remind you that there is also a a, a a paid version, but that's also ten bucks a month. But of all these different services, I haven't tried Apple Music because um, it's also expensive, and I already pay for the Apple TV Plus, and that feels to me like the sweet spot, five bucks. Yeah, but mm, Apple Music, no. Plus, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in the Apple ecosystem. A little bit, thanks to my iPad. Uh, but most of the time, I'm in an Android or PC world, so Apple Music is much less interesting to me uh, because I, I'm, I'm just not... This is, I'm, I'm not part of the, the total Apple world. Um, so I'd rather have uh, independent services that I can use on every platform. Now, I think that's also the case with Apple Music, but it's still it's still Apple. Um, it's for the same reason I don't use the Apple app for podcasts. It used to be the only option, and now it's so lackluster compared to um, uh, most other uh, podcasting apps. It's just, yeah, don't feel it. But... Amazon Music Free is what I'm listening to now uh, a, a lot, and um, I, it's also pretty pretty well integrated with mobile devices, and the quality is a ton better than the free option of Spotify. Spotify deliberately reduces the bit rate, so the music sounds a bit I don't know like sanding paper. It's it's just not very high quality. Whereas um, the Amazon Music Free, I'm listening to it on my uh, wireless headphone, um, which is high quality. It's a Sony headphone, and it's just crystal clear. It's such high quality. And yeah, you have the occasional ad, but it's not annoying. And so I, that's the kind of free that I like and enjoy. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope... You have a wonderful rest of your week. And of course, don't miss Le Tare Sunday. And if you are free and you have time, join us for Mass on Sunday at 5 p.m. Central European time. 11 o'clock Eastern and 8 o'clock Pacific time. Or if you're a member of the Patreon community... I hope we see you online, live, when we do our weekly community hour every Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So it's an hour earlier than Mass, basically. That's how you can remember it. The reason being that we also want to celebrate the weekend. And Ian and I, usually on Friday, are very tired, having worked an entire week for you. So we want to end our work at 5 o'clock p.m., so we still have a little bit of a, an easy way to start the weekend. Hopefully you'll understand that. It's not the most ideal time, maybe, for those of you that are living in North America, but just seeing as a morning show. <laughs> and, of course, for our European friends, eh, 4 o'clock is probably a good time. Um, I don't know about Australia. It's probably in the middle of the night. I have a world clock on which I can check that what time it is over there let me take a look yeah that's probably going to be in the middle of the night in Tokyo it's going to be at 1 o'clock at night 
So yeah, that's really literally in the middle of the night when, when you are in Australia or New Zealand. Hey, I'm sorry, I cannot really help it. <laughs> I wish I, I didn't need any sleep and I could be live with those of you on the other side of the world as well. Um, thankfully, with podcasts, none of that matters because you just download it whenever you want and listen whenever you have time. And it still feels kind of like I'm talking to you right now, right? Even though I am actually talking into the future, to the future you. That isn't there yet for me, but you are listening to the past me and it still feels like we're live, right? Oh, well. It's complicated time. It's all relative anyway. Um, Have a wonderful week. We'll talk soon. God bless.